from the Paragon 7 Studios, you are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Paragon 7 Studios. So we've been increasing our our range of motion and and bringing in more talented people. So we have we have Isaac Palmer and who who was the first person to join the Healthcast series that that I'm doing for the Lance J Radio Network. And Isaac has really brought a fantastic lens as a as an executive, someone that's a CEO or a former CEO of a hospital system. And he talks a lot about black men's health and he talks a lot about what's going on in the community, especially his community on the south side of Chicago. And then we have David Meyer, who's like me. He's a health plan guy and, and really understands risk adjustment and stars, understands government reimbursement. We've got John and April Nixon, who do a fantastic job of, of discussing mental health and bringing in people to, to do interviews about mental health. They do marriage counselings. They talk specifically about what's going on in the COVID pandemic. And so now we've brought in Janelle King. Now, Janelle was on the show. I think you were on the show last November, so yeah. about, a, about a year ago. Yep. Janelle, Janelle and I have been friends for a long time. I got a lot of stories on, on Janelle. It's been close to 20 years that that we have been friends. And Janelle is is here spending some time with us this week from Atlanta. So she's left she's left her family behind to to spend some time here in the octagon with, with Lance J. And she's gonna be the leader of our women's health segment. I'm very excited, Janelle, about having you on the show because Janelle has so many things going for her. She's a clinician. She's done a lot of work um, with elderly people so she understands Medicare. She understands uh, specifically I think her 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 claim to fame is is working with women and women's health and reproductive health. And she talks a lot about sexual reproduction. She talks about STIs. She she talks about things that are very germane and important to women, but things that I don't necessarily want to talk about. And I definitely don't want to see on Instagram, (laughs) but, but they always say, if you can't beat them, join them. So I wanted to introduce Janelle King to the HealthCast series. She's going to be, leading the conversation on women's health and i'm and i'm really excited janelle's from toronto so she has a, a different perspective she knows what single pair looks like and, and she has a lot of a lot of opinions if you go to her instagram page i think it's at the nurse note am i correct yes that's at correct. the nurse note on the instagram she got a lot of pictures with her holding a clitoris <laughs> or vulva or fallopian tubes or whatever you got going on period cups all sorts of uh of, of stone age type of menstrual stuff going on on her page but but it's very pertinent and it's very important because we don't have these discussions i can't have a legitimate healthcare show if i'm only talking about what's going on with men I agree. so we've got to bring in women and we've got to bring in women that have the uncomfortable discussions that men don't really want to have because when when things are going you know kind of crazy um usually the men find a way of i, I gotta go i gotta go to the bar i gotta <laughs> i got a game i got i gotta work later at the office so janelle's gonna lead that conversation and it's great to have you here um Thank it's you excited to me. have you as as a part of the team and i want you to to tell so people listening they're listening um we're we're on in nashville um, our biggest affiliates are the urban one platform that we're on so it's uh wol 95.9 fm 
weekdays at 11 a.m. And we have, yeah, I have a show. I talk about sports and I talk about hip hop and stuff, but I do this healthcare series called the HealthCast. So that's kind of the audience that, that you're going to be speaking to. And I want you to walk us a little bit through your career. Tell us about um, when I met you back in Ohio, this had to be like 2004, yeah. 2005-ish, something like that. Yeah, I never thought that I'd be sitting here talking to you 15 years later about vaginas. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting it's that. It's very either. funny how the world turns and, and how things just, you know, evolve and grow. But you're you're very good at what you do. Um, you're 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 very consistent. And I want you to tell you'll kind of speak to the ladies that listen to to this show. Uh, tell us about your matriculation and, and how did how did you become the the, the clitoris woman? Like how did, how did you become that person? So when you met me, I was actually. I hope I can say clitoris on the radio. It's, it's your get, show. Get you can say whatever you well, want. Well, I mean, I'm not I'm not the FCC. So I mean, it's, uh, uh, when you met me, I was actually working in public health. And so right. I have a very strong background in public health and social determinants of health. Um, and I decided to go back to school and become a nurse. So nursing is actually my second career. Um, and right out of nursing school, I started working in community outreach nursing. All so right. I was out in the field. That's doing, when you were in Columbus. Yeah, All I right. was out in the field doing um, STI counseling and testing mm. in the community level and kind of transitioned into young women's health. So I was working for the big hospital, pediatric hospital in Columbus, doing um, young women's health. Talked a lot about STIs. We did a lot of testing, did a lot of stuff on birth control, a lot of stuff on just like sex education because right. you know we saw patients up to the age of 22 so okay. um, young adults and so from that I kind of I also worked in um, student health worked in student health for a minute um, outpatient cardiology but right. I think my greatest claim to fame and the longest portion of my nursing career has actually been spent in women's health so nice yeah so tell us where did you where did you go what's tell us about your undergrad where did you go to school well, I you go to Windsor. Uh, yeah, Windsor? I have a lot of undergrads, um, right. so yeah, smart people. Yes, yeah, try to be. People. You know, I went to the University of Windsor. I actually have a degree in um, human kinetics, kinesiology. So, right. um, what is that? What is that? Kinesiology, the study of movement, motion. Oh, all right. Yeah, I never actually, heard of it. Yeah, well, sounds theoretical. <laughs> like kind of like the the Big Bang, like theoretical <laughs> physics, uh, Shelton. Yeah, I did that for a while. All right. What were you going to do with that? I was actually going to go into sport management and leisure studies. So I thought I was going to be working right. in front office with the Raptors for a second. Got it, the Raptors. Yeah, yes. So you could be next to to the uh, the guy with the turban, the, uh, the ultimate of fan. Course, like, uh, of right. course, of course. All right. Yeah, all right. so I was trying to do that and kind of fell into public health. Like all once right. I graduated, I got a job working at community health, doing some stuff in the schools. And I was like, I kind of like this. Let me go back to school and get my public health degree. And I did all that. Right. Yeah, so that's when you met me. All right. So as you started getting into public health and what did you see in African-American communities? I think, you know, a lot of our base is, is African-American and Latinx base. Mm -hmm. What did you see in some of the minority communities with sexual health and just understanding about women, understanding their bodies, young women, understanding their menstrual health, all of that? Did you see an ignorance, a lack of understanding when people got pregnant? Were they not prepared for pregnancies? What are some of the things that you saw yeah. in our communities? Yeah, so a lot of the stuff that I saw, again, I worked with young women, so anywhere from 12 to 22. Right. Um, a lot of the stuff was just about like birth control and okay. learning about birth control and figuring out like fact from fiction, helping them figure right. that out. Um, so tell us some things about birth control. Like what, what, what are some of the cons of, of birth control? This is a very touchy And subject. how young do people usually, cause you said 12 to 
22. So are yeah. there young people starting on birth control yeah. at, at age 12, 13? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, that's some, wow. some of our, you know, patients just not for, you know, to protect against pregnancy. I mean, right. that's one of the benefits with the hormonal contraceptive, but it was more for period control. Like okay. these girls were bleeding all the time and their mm. parents wanted them to start on the birth control. So um, so what are some of the cons? Does it make you gain weight? Does it make you lethargic? It, I mean, it depends it on the kind hormonal of hormonal imbalance. Yeah, it kind of right. just depends on which one you choose. You know, right. some of the hormonals have um, issues like it, it can make you gain weight. Right. Um, depo, you know, you can have um, loss of bone density. That's not good. Uh, <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> for some of the other you're ones. You're going to need those bones. Yeah, to get you're going you to right. need them for like the IUDs. You could right. have intermittent bleeding for oh, a while, yeah. you know, so there, it just depends. Yeah. Do now do you talk? I think one of the things since we grew up in you and I both have kind of similar religious ish backgrounds and a lot of churches doesn't matter what denomination a lot of churches talk about abstinence mm -hmm. and I think that one of the big overwhelming responses when I do have women on the show and we do talk about women's health and reproductive those that that come from church backgrounds they always say that hey we were never told any of this stuff we were just told not to have sex not to think about it. It was almost like whatever's going on with those parts of your body, we almost completely ignore it. We, we sweep it under the rug. But we know that that's not reality. Of we know course, that yeah. um, that people are, are sexual by nature. It's, it's natural. Um, we know that, that some people wait until they get married, but many people don't wait yeah. until they get married. What do you see with like the HIV community and what do you see with, with people that are young that are engaging in sex, they're getting STIs, they're getting herpes, they're getting HIV, they're getting HPV, mm -hmm. but with their discussions with their parents, they're not really having that discussion because their parents are like, well, you're not supposed to be having sex anyway. It's like that cat's been out of the bag, uh, yeah. pardon the pun, for, for quite some time. <laughs> Do you have those type of discussions with some of the young ladies that, yeah, that you work all the, with? All and the, we used to have and how do those discussions go? How do they receive that? So, you know, my patients were always open to listening to facts. Right. They, they want to know the truth. So, you know, we would just be very blunt and candid about discussions related to sex and sexual health. Right. Um, I think the issue sometimes is when, you know, with the parents. So we had HPV vaccines and we used to give it regularly. And so a lot of the parents' moms would come in like, my daughter's not having that just because, you know, they think getting the HPV vaccine then promotes them. Yeah, it means that the daughter's going to be having sex exactly. tonight. It exactly. was just right. Like, exactly. It's just, uh, you know, wearing a seatbelt means that you're going to, guarantees that you're going to flip your car <laughs> on, on the highway. Or getting a COVID vaccine means that you're going to have COVID the next day. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's very, very interesting. Do you see a disparity within our communities than, um, you know, Caucasian communities or even communities that, that are a little bit more affluent than inner city African-American Latinx communities? Yeah. So I worked when I was in Columbus, I worked in two different clinics. So right. one was like urban, like our community, black, right. Latinx, and the other one was, you know, suburb, suburban. So having the discussions with the, the suburban moms would come in with their daughters and, you know, we'd mm. have these conversations and it's like a family affair. Whereas mm. a lot of the times when I'm in the urban settings, it's just the patient by themselves. Their mom doesn't even know that they're here. And we're talking about birth control and, mm. you know, STI testing. Mom doesn't even know that she's having sex. So mm. there was kind of a disparity in that respect yeah most okay. definitely what are some of the most common sdis that that you see in, in that in that young cohort we used to see so much chlamydia gonorrhea oh, okay. chlamydia gonorrhea we saw a lot of pid pelvic inflammatory disease which right. means you know 
when the chlamydia or gonorrhea infection kind of goes up the reproductive system. Oh, and yeah, so we is saw that. So what do you, how do you treat that? Do you have to have a hysterectomy no. at a young age or is it, is it treatable? It or? is treatable okay. depending on, you know, okay. um, how advanced it is. You can do outpatient w- where you're getting antibiotics or if it's okay. that severe, you'd have to go inpatient and have be treated IV antibiotics, but okay. it is very treatable. But if not treated, it could lead to hysterectomy and cancer. It could lead to in- infertility. It okay. could lead to, you know, miscarriage, a lot of different things, but yeah, it's, it's pretty serious so you know that's why our our message was always to you know you got to protect yourself use condoms you know make sure you're tested those kind of things okay well what we're going to do so this is this is janelle king what we're going to do is we're going to cut to a break and i'm going to ask her some questions i'm very curious about your thoughts on the canadian health system versus the united states health system because she has a lot of insight into the single payer versus what we're doing here in the States. We'll be back more than Lance J Radio Network after these messages. I ain't snitching on nobody from Harlem, man. I give you a couple cats down in DC doing their thing, out of town doing their thing, but um, I'm not snitching on nobody in Harlem because when I come home, I'm still going to be the king. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. We begin searching for ways to not only feed, not only bridge the access to food, but how can we fight disease? Quite naturally, that required, it was a must that we figure out how to get fresh produce, crisp greens, leafy greens, and fruits and herbs and vegetables directly to the front door of those families that needed it the most. And so we finally come out with a solution and we call that Full Cart Fresh. We have teamed up with some of the the greatest people in America are American farmers. And through working with a collaborative of farmers across multiple states, we have created Full Cart Fresh. So imagine this, you're at a farm, the produce is picked and prepared, and it's boxed in a Full Cart Fresh box at the farm. And then through our shipping and logistics, Uh, program we ship directly from the farm directly to the front door of the most vulnerable families in America we have got families and seniors and children around the country who are hungry and as well as hungry are really managing and coping with serious illnesses and diseases so come along help us Help feeding children everywhere through our Full Cart program and the launch of our new Full Cart Fresh help those families in need. 